podcast of the Salvation Army USA Eastern Territory. I'm your host, Isaiah Allen, Director of Core Leadership Development. In preparation for an Essay Connects article on women in leadership, I recently interviewed four Salvationist leaders. I spoke with three women. April Foster, Others Director in the USA East, Chris Hevenor, Territorial Corps Sergeant Major, and Lydia Mills, Corps Sergeant Major in Newburgh, New York. For the article, I also interviewed Major Yolanda Rodriguez, who currently serves as one of the divisional leaders in Puerto Rico. So much of her story is worth sharing. She was the first in her family to graduate college, had a distinguished career as a government auditor, overcame workplace and marketplace discrimination, and has now served as a Salvation Army officer for 22 years. But we corresponded by email, so I regret having no audio to share. I originally recorded the following interview for my own note-taking and not as a broadcast, but I share it with permission. I didn't want you to miss out on this illuminating conversation, so please forgive any shortcomings in sound quality. You are about to hear my interview with Chris Hevenor. Chris Hevenor is the Corps Sergeant Major of the Lowell, Massachusetts Corps. She is the daughter of Salvation Army officers and the mother of two grown children. She has a master's degree in social work and has served as the assistant director of social services in the Massachusetts division. Currently, she is an elementary school librarian and has recently been designated our territorial Corps Sergeant Major for the USA East. Now enjoy my interview with Chris Hevenor. So I am uh, here with uh, Corps Sergeant Major uh, Chris Hevenor, and you know uh, it, it's it's actually in the orders and regulations that people are supposed to address you by your um, rank, just the way that someone might, would say major, major, captain, whatever it is. Um, yeah, uh, even though you do this as a as a volunteer uh, mm-hmm. and as a member of the church, as a as a layperson. Um, but uh yes from lowell massachusetts uh on your day off from uh being a librarian at an elementary school in uh lowell massachusetts uh area and um i'm uh gonna uh start with these uh questions about women leading and uh see where the conversation goes from there okay so this first question i have is uh what issues regarding women in leadership need more clarity in our community? Um, so by our community, do you mean the army as a whole or? Yeah, I, I think, you know, primarily I'm thinking, uh, in the Salvation Army, but then, um, you know, in the, perhaps even in the broader society, um, something that maybe the army gets wrong because the society gets wrong. Yeah. Um, well, I think there is an issue of respect um, for women in a lack of respect for women in the roles that they may choose, um, which may be different from roles that men may choose. Um, so I do think that um, we need to do a better job of respecting those choices that women make. Um, I think the Army overall does has always led in this area, um, which is one of the reasons why, you know, I, I love being a part 
of this church just because of our history of um, empowering women. Um, but I think we still, like the society in general, um, we need to recognize the differences between men and women and um, what their goals and desires might be and um, encourage and empower women as they pursue their roles that they might be interested in that may be different from what men's are. Yeah. Interesting. Um, I, I wonder, um, I wonder is, uh, you know, to acknowledge that there's some kind of a difference in general, I wonder if, um, there's any particular, uh, particular differences or particular, you know, directions that, that this takes that are not adequately recognized in specific. So this is one thing I thought of. So while um, for officers in particular, while they have young children, um, if a female officer desires to um, spend more time with her children, be home more, is there flexibility in not just in her schedule, which I know that we do, we do that well, particularly for core officers, there's a lot of flexibility there, but um, offering the leadership training and opportunities to minister in the roles that may have been traditionally considered male roles, even while her children are young, so that she's not behind when her yeah. children get older. And she's at the point in her officership where she could step into um, a more leadership role, but she hasn't had the preparation for that, you know. So I think offering those kinds of opportunities, even while women officers are young, so that they're not behind the eight ball. Yeah, that's 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 interesting. Um, it, it, uh, it, it's like when you make the choice to be a stay at home parent, um, it, you kind of part of what you're trading off is is not just uh, my work for my kids or my work for my home, which is like well that's an easy trade off if 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 I have the ability to do my home right. Um, but you're also trading off uh, personal and uh, professional and leadership development. And yes. is there a way to make sure that that's not a trade-off and that people, yeah, keep it. Well, and particularly where in the army, um, you know, you're appointed, officers are appointed to a role, you know, and when I made the choice, when my family made the choice for me to stay home, I could seek other ways to fulfill that need for me, you know, and mm. to continue to grow during that time. And then when I was ready to get, enter back into the workforce, I had choice as to what would be an appropriate next step for me based on what I had learned during that yeah. time I was home because I didn't stop learning and growing, right? And so, um, but in, in the officership role, um, the woman officer doesn't always have that choice of what she wants to do next. And so um, how are, is the Army really preparing her even in those years so that she can step into something that's going to continue to help her to grow in the way that she feels she can? So. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. And, and, and uh, yeah, more could e even be said on that. <laughs> no, sure. I know. I know. <laughs> can I just say the flip side of that, though, is one thing mm -hmm. that I've learned, though, is that um, nothing is ever wasted. Right. And everything yeah. that we do, even in those times, um, if we make the choice to use it the way God wants us to use it, it will fulfill some purpose later. So um, I don't think it's an either or. Um, I just think that's something we can do a better job. Yeah. Yeah. 
it's like we value one kind of um, experience or professional development and we discount all other kinds. Right. Um, including like for me, uh, my mom like was a, a strong leader and there was no question of like who was in charge in my, in my home, uh, you know, my dad just, you know, saluted and went, you know, like, and, and, and so forth. So like, I did not have at all like a domineering sort of dad or anything yeah. like that, or, or even very a willful dad. And sometimes it actually frustrated my father. <laughs> but, but the, the thing is like, in my mind for, from experience, there was never a question about women being in leadership no. because that's what I had experienced in the home. Yes. And to devalue the role and the impression that my mom gave in the home right. would be to devalue a, a really important part of like my own formation yes. uh, as a person who affirms women in leadership. Yes. So, yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. And I have the same kind of example in my mom. So yeah, it's <laughs> so important. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so th this uh, uh, second question I, I had, uh, what stories of female heroes have not been adequately told or recognized. And I, I, it almost has a little bit to do with that, you know, where yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's when I was looking at that question that you sent me ahead of time that, you know, I, I do think that again, in the army, we do a really great job of recognizing um, army women. You know, we, um, you know, I, again, like you said, and my mother was, was um, a married woman officer and I, and she is clearly, um, was my hero from the very beginning and right up through to today, you know, as my parents continue to minister in, in partnership in their retirement. Um, and so we, we, you know, between Catherine Booth and Evangeline Booth and, you know, I grew up when, while Eva Burroughs was, mm -hmm. was general, which was so exciting Me as too. a, you know, a young <laughs> female salvationist, right? Um, so I, we do a great job of recognizing those um, those women in leadership. Um, one thing I, I learned when I took the Cultivate course a few years ago was the lack of recognition of the um, female mystics and mm. how in our church culture, we, I think, have missed that whole piece of, um, of church history. And I was just blown away by the stories of um, the female mystics that I had never studied. And I Teresa of Avila. Teresa <laughs> and, you know, Hildegard and Catherine of Siena, like they just their, um, again, their representation of the way the Holy Spirit can infuse a woman and um, the power that these women were able to demonstrate from the Holy Spirit, despite the fact that they were living at a time in a culture when women didn't receive that respect at all. And mm -hmm. um, that they had that in the church, they were writing, they were singing, they were <laughs> prophesying, you know, they were doing all of those things. So um, I think, I think we need to tell those stories more. I think that they fit with mm -hmm. who the Salvation Army is. And um, so I'm, I'm just grateful that the spiritual life development department is doing that. And I think the more that we can, um, can share those stories, um, I think that it would be great for, for women in, in ministry and in, in service in the army right now. That's good to hear. I, I, I'm, I'm glad to hear about that specific, uh, you know, the benefit specific program too. Um, I, I, I think what, you know, when I think of, of pointing out women in church history who've been influential, uh, you know, th their history can be forgotten. Like when a general history 
is written or when when storytellers presume to write a general history, often people different than them or specific segments of society can be forgotten in that history. Yeah. And that is why we need uh, to spotlight like Women's History Month, March 2020 yeah. uh, or. Um, or March every year, <laughs> um, uh, Black History Month, yeah. uh, if, which is February each year, um, because the the storytellers in the past, um, you know, neglect you know certain segments of society, and like I recognize that Salvationists in general don't don't have an appreciation of church history and all the contributors to mm-hmm. it, mm-hmm. and then you know a specific aspect of that is is uh, a failure to appreciate women in church, in, yeah. in church history. Yeah. So, yeah. um, yeah. Um, anything else to say about, uh, female heroes? Well, you know, we, when I was young, we talked a lot about, um, you know, Corey Ten Boom. She was cl- yeah. clearly one of my, my mom's heroes. And then because I heard her story so often, um, she became one of mine. I know that, um, I loved Carol Jodis's presentation that she used to do several years ago, focusing on women um, in the army and and outside of the army. She featured Joanna Wesley, which was wonderful to hear her story. I think that was I loved that creative way of presenting um, those women heroes stories. That and if you ever if you ever saw her presentation, oh. she went around and did it at a lot of women's events around the territory. And um, yeah, it was fantastic. And so you know to be exposed to Joanna Wesley's story and she did obviously did, um, Evangeline's story. And, Mm. um, so yeah, I think those are ways that that story, those stories can be told, um, in a variety of media, you know, that we have, we are good at. Yeah. I, I, I do remember, um, so I was in the Pendel division at the time. So it was like a big deal for Pendel, um, when Eliza Shirley, story musical came out yeah, yeah and uh and of course they were very proud they had people from the pendel division put together the show yeah, and all that. yeah that's great well and she's a perfect example like we teach yeah. she was 16 she you know wrote to the general you need to send sell we need more reinforcements here right yeah. but what else do we know about her you know we don't yeah. i that you know i teach honor junior soldiers and that's all we tell the kids is yeah, eliza more, shirley though. was 16 yeah. and she got the general to send more reinforcements that's end of story you know there's more to her and yeah. um she yeah, opened the was... first corps in the southern territory in baltimore maryland oh. and uh you know there's yeah there's <laughs> yeah, there, yeah there's more stories like you said there are more stories to be told um that focus on on these women so yeah so uh what is something you'd like to influence in your current capacity as a leader um well obviously um developing and encouraging and empowering soldiers is something that I'm very focused on. And I think, um, just the, the priority, placing a priority on the voices of soldiers across our territory will by default affect the voices of women. Um, I think that's, you look at our congregations and, um, I don't know if you probably know percentages better than I do, but how many um, uh, people attending our core are, are women. And um, so as we develop our our soldiers, we will be developing those women. And um, yeah. I think we both 
have that as a common goal for sure. Yeah. And, and, uh, and certainly I can see the logic of that. Um, there's, there's no doubt that women constitute a majority of both attendance, uh, soldiership membership Mm -hmm. and service and and leadership. Um, now sometimes the people, when, when you, um, prioritize the voices of soldiers, sometimes the most loud speaking soldiers, um, i.e. men <laughs> can, can have their voices, uh, elevated. Uh, but I, I guess not to be cynical, I'm, I'm not usually a cynical person, but yeah, I wonder how to guard against that or how to, how to really, uh, equalize. It's, it's, it's almost like we have to be deliberate about that because there is this tendency. Uh, it's there, there's a, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, in fabric, there's this bias and you have to be yeah. careful of how you cut the cloth, you know? Yeah. yeah I guess I'm, um, my core is very, I think it's unique, but I don't know. Um, we are fortunate to have a lot of men in our core who are in service and leadership positions. However, um, you know, I'm the core sergeant major, despite despite the fact that we have a lot of men who could very easily have stepped into that. Um, our assistant core sergeant major is also a woman. Um, so I think there are examples of it across the territory, but I would agree with you. I think the natural... Um, I, I, I won't get into the reasons why I think sure. that happens, um, but I do think that it, it is um, a factor of um, oftentimes a male core officer may feel more comfortable um, mm. if, if he is in the more dominant role in a partnership. Um, as core officers, that he would feel more comfortable with a male core sergeant major or, you know, whatever the leadership role they're looking to fill. Um, I will say one intentional thing, and I'll, I'll this is kind of um, forward thinking when we're putting together the Territorial Soldiers Council, which we're in the process of, um, of developing right now, mm. we were very intentional when we set up the description of that council that it would be a balance of, you know, not just a balance of, um, you know, obviously the racial and, and ethnic balance and um, roles, age, but also gender. So it's very specific in mm. that description that we will make sure there's a balance of men and women on that council. Yeah. Yeah. You know, this is uh, while I (laughs) this is an important topic to me. I think it's an important topic to humanity. And and, uh, uh, I recently I forget where it was, um, if it was on the radio or something about, uh, you know, kind of there's uh, there's, you know, 25. It was probably a a candidate for president or something. Yeah. Uh, It's like there's 25 percent. U.S. representatives are, are women. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the, the statement was 25% is not enough. 50% is enough. Yeah. Um, or 50% will be good or something, you know, right. they, they put it in a more poetic way, but, and um, now to me, I'm like, boy, you know, women are making different choices with their lives. They, their life runs on a different, um, you know, schedule. There, there are different kinds of interruptions in the career path, all this. And then I, in that moment, I, I, I said, you know, I, I said to myself, Congress has to change mm. in order to incorporate like there. The, the logic is true as, as simple as it is. Fifty percent is the right number. Right. 
and it's and, and so it's just excuse making to really think about, well, there's complications, all this. It's yes, the, there are complications. Those are the things you need to figure out. Exactly. How do you obviously the structure prevents women from fully engaging unless they follow pathways that are really um, either atypical or, or place in like they become late career. You know, right. after their kids are grown or they, right. they, they just they and their careers are not able to advance as rapidly as right. men. You know, so it's like really the structure needs to change. So I don't I don't know. I, I guess that's a bigger conversation. But <laughs> yeah, well, like it gets back to what we were saying at the beginning about how can women make use of that time when they do maybe step away so that yeah. they are. What are we putting in place so that they feel prepared to be able to step in and, and take those roles? But yes, it has to happen on both ends. Right. So say, for instance, like in I know in Massachusetts, you know, when they're do, giving out state grants, when the state government is giving out state grants, a certain percentage of those contracts need to go to women-owned businesses, right? Yeah. So do we, st just like they need to go to minority-owned businesses, do we mm -hmm. have to in, in institute, like you said, something more intentional that says, you know, by a certain date, you know, this number um, of Congress or whatever it is, yeah. is going to be female. You know, we need to be intentional about it. And, and that probably means, I mean, this, you know, kind of simplicity, but it, on the surface, it, it, it probably means things like, having a daycare center, yes. you know, at the, you know, or, or, uh, and, and that's not to be, yeah, I'm, I'm not trying to be thick. I'm trying to, <laughs> well, so can I, can I flip that again though? Yeah. Yeah. It, it also means, um, males, husbands, partners, mm -hmm. um, being willing to sacrifice themselves so that their wives, their partners can succeed as well. Yeah. To, to, to play, to, to, to not, not require the daycare. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. And, 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 and see it as a true partnership, as equal, rather yeah. than just, um, you know, she she has to take care of the kids. You know, when I hear therefore she needs a daycare where she works. Right. Right. <laughs> you know, it can go both ways. And, you know, when yeah, pardon, I, pardon my pardon me for that. Right. I mean, it, it, it is. But that again, so it, it's not just a corporate organizational problem or challenge. I think it's it's a marriage Challenge. Yeah, I think and, it, yeah, it is. It, it's recognizing and I, this goes for the for within the army as well. You know, if, if married women are going to be able to pro progress, um, their husbands need to be OK with that. And yeah. I think that's a cultural challenge that we're facing, um, yeah. that that's that's hard. And I'm, I'm being honest here. Yeah. I, I know you can hear this. So that's why I'm being honest. I, I think that um, the husbands need to be encouraging and supportive and and pushing their yeah. wives um, to do that and be okay with taking a step back if that means their wife um, has the gifts and the skills and the abilities to be able to step forward and his gifts and skills and abilities may be a little different that needs to be okay and, yeah. um, and encouraged and I, like I, I've, I've actually taken the the stay-at-home role uh, at times it wasn't really to advance my wife's career it was just that she was she had a better job than I did, and, yeah. <laughs> and you know, and, 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 uh, you know, I, I was, I was studying and it, it made sense cause I had more flexibility in my schedule. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, th there, there's one level at which an institution can make differences and, and laws can be written and, and there are all kinds of reasons why those don't do the trick. They don't yeah. fully come up. And so you, you have to be realistic about that yeah. because there are individual 
cultural, you know, decisions that people need to make that are against their own uh, sense of self-preservation and, right. and sense of, right. you know, uh, what, what do you call that? Uh, actual self-actualization yeah. and so forth. Yeah. Well, and, and that whole idea of what masculinity and femininity look like, I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's huge. And so we are, we're battling against those cultural norms that, yeah. um, that really need to be shifted. In, in the dynamic of my own family, um, like I, I am sort of the nurturer. Uh, I, I can't get enough time with the kids. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I love it. My wife, you know, she's a loving parent, but she is not you know, she doesn't have that, uh, that desire to be with the kids. She, she, she can have enough really quick. Yeah. yeah. And and it's like, you can't take, you can't take for granted that people have, you know, women are nurturers men are, you know, you know, that, that may be a generalism, but, but, um, but there's a lot of other factors involved. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think we should put expectations on women or men based on those um, images, you know, based on those ideas. It's we are all individuals. And so if we recognize each person as an individual with their own, you know, desires that they want to fulfill, um, it shouldn't matter, you know, mm. what, what yeah. your what your gender is. So, yeah. So uh, this last question that I have on my list, uh, what values do you try to model and spread specifically regarding women leading? Well, we've kind of gotten into that a little bit, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, I, I, I think for me, um, it always gets, goes back to um, the, the value of mutual respect, the value of all human beings created in the image of God, um, you know, that God created um, all of us in his image. And um, so yeah. if we're going to, and in community, right? So as as we um, pursue his will for our, for our lives, um, I am just as much like God as my brother, as my mm. husband, as my father. Um, and that, I guess then the other piece of, for me, the um, what's important is that all work is sacred. Everything that I do um, is God ordained, regardless of whether um, I'm in a position of authority, a position of leadership, or I'm, you know, giving, I'm on the floor playing with a child in the nursery. You know, I mean, it's all, it's all um, holy and it's all a calling. Um, and so the value placed on all of that, it, it's all necessary in order for God's kingdom to come on earth. Yeah. Um, we need to be doing all of that. And so that there shouldn't be any less value placed on, um, you know, the nursery worker or the Sunday school teacher than there is placed on the course sergeant major. It's, wow. it's all part of the body of Christ. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to catch some of this on, on, <laughs> as I as I tell you. Um, well, it, and, and if if I may say, um, what one thing I appreciate about you is uh, you have a a strong sense of the 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 truth of the calling that 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 it's a calling, it's a vocation whether an institution has ordained and gone through a process of, you know, ordination yeah. or whether, you know, like you say, someone's on the floor playing uh, with a child. I mean, and in fact, 
one of the pivotal moments in my own life. So I, you know, I became a Bible scholar. Um, and one of the pivotal moments in my life was when I was, um, about, uh, eight or nine years old, my mother showed me her Bible. Mm. And on that day I said, I'm going to read through the Bible. Mm. And it took me five years. I was 13 years old when I finished, but it started my life on a trajectory of becoming a Bible scholar, finishing, you know, the PhD and so forth. And my mom is like, Oh really? When you were eight years old. (laughs) And that was the, just a mother showing her childhood Bible to her son. Right. Um, that moment was just as important in, in my life, you know, as any sermon I heard, as as any class I took, um, it was pivotal and, and and it's the, it's those, those moments. So yeah, I, I I appreciate that about you. And I, I, and, and, you know, you being territorial core sergeant major and how that role is unfolding and everything. Um, I'm just excited at the leadership that you're going to be providing in that role. Well, thank you. And, and one thing I do uh, really feel in this conversation is um, respected by you. Like the, the idea that, that this, um, you know, one of the values that you try to uh, model is, is mutual respect. And I can understand when, when you've been in a place where you haven't been fully respected and you really haven't spoken about your own testimony and, and all that. Um, we can save that for another conversation, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, uh, but, but y- you, you are from a, you know, a segment of the population that's, that's been, um, taken for granted mm-hmm. and, and so forth. And, uh, and so, and yet you do not fail to give a high degree of respect to others, you know, whatever you've been shortchanged, you don't turn around and, you know, and, and shortchange others. And that's, uh, really, um, um, real, really noble and, and powerful. It's a powerful witness. And, and, uh, you know, I appreciate that. Well, thank you. Thank you. Well, it's a, you know, it's a, it's all part of growing more Christ-like, right? Like if we're, if our goal is to really, Jesus never looked down on women or children, you know, it's, and, or anyone. And it's, it's just so important as we try to model, model him and the way he led his life here on earth and what he called us to do that, that mutual respect is there. It's, it's crucial. You know, when he was reviled, he reviled not again. Exactly. It was, yeah. uh, Yeah. That's, that's profound. But, um, but thank you for this time and this conversation. It's always uh, fun to talk to you. We have a conversation. (laughs) We will cross paths in person. I know. I know. (laughs) No, you make me think about things that I think I just, um, are, are just normal for me. Like I just go about them and I don't yeah. really think about, you know, why or motivation. And so you're, yeah, the questions you've, you've asked have forced me to really contemplate, um, you know, my, my purpose and, and where I am and where I'm headed. So yeah, thank you for the questions. All right. And I, I hope that this, uh, that the article that I wind up, you know, putting together, uh, will be a blessing, uh, for, for many people and, and sort of get people thinking about, yeah. um, about, you know, what the next step is. Cause I think there are some aspects of, um, uh, you know, like the me too movement and, mm-hmm. you know, the first wave feminism, second wave feminism and so forth, new, new, new Christian feminism, um, and, and different, different things. Uh, there are different sort of tracks that have gone mm-hmm. along. And, um, and I think every generation needs to revisit the question and, and, 
forge a new track. And, and it, it, we can't take for granted that the, you know, trajectory that they were on in the past is a trajectory we need to keep following or, um, and, and so forth. So it's, it's always yeah. important to, and, and we can never look back and say, well, we've accomplished, we are in, no, you know, no. <laughs> we're I mean, even Shalom the, has. No, <laughs> I mean, the, even just the women preach thing. I mean, it's like, you know, we are constantly fighting for, for this. So yeah, it's you'd, just think one be, you'd think we'd be over it by now, but we're not. So, yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much and God bless you. Thank you. You too, Isaiah. Have a great day. You too. Bye-bye. Bye.